What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Back with part two with Ash Kumra from Youngry. This is our mini-series of Funding Lab with my co-host and securities lawyer, Josh Soloway. You definitely need to make it a team effort. Creating the Form C, filling out the Form C, making sure you have the proper financials, all that stuff is not something I would not have been able to done alone if I was a solo founder. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all. So I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, so totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Ash, when we finished off our last episode, we were talking about some of the validation, how you guys have already funded 30% already. And for anyone who wants to see your equity crowd come crowdfunding campaign. It's on republic.co slash youngry. But what does it feel like to get a tech host angel like Grant Van Cleve, um, you know, to, to, to invest and put their money behind their attaboys? It's, it, it felt really good. And let me tell you why. Um, I have done, a, you know, like I mentioned, Youngry has done these uh, launch events to get awareness about Youngry for our ecosystem, investors, mentors, and entrepreneurs. And one event in particular was geared for the investor community. We did it in, uh, we did it a few weeks ago and we had, you know, Grant was on the panel and we had the publisher of Orange County Business Journal and a lot of people in the crowd were angels and VCs. And some of the people are asking questions were like, well, you know, what are the rules and regulations? And, you know, doesn't this, is it, you know, how do we know if the money's good and this and that? And I said something, and this isn't a legal answer. This is just more of a founder answer. It's like, listen, you're investing a smaller amount into something. And it's more about supporting an idea, a movement. And if you believe this has potential, it's literally, you can invest as low as $20. You can go as high as the thousands. It doesn't matter. It's up to you at your discretion and whatever legally you're allowed to per the rules. So look at it like that. Don't beat this up like it's a publicly traded company. And then I said something that was kind of interesting because someone said, well, they have rules and stuff. I was like, yeah, well, guess what? I'm on the SEC website. I had to do a Form C. 
I had to do extreme due diligence. There's a whole side of the documentation process that we haven't talked about, but I had to do so many things that I'm pretty sure even seed funded companies, even angel led companies haven't even done yet because that's the rules. And when I said that stuff, I think Grant got it. And Grant and I talked a week or two later and Grant's like, what do you need? I was like, listen, man, I want to get Youngry to get more professional investors because it's a way for you to build a relationship with us and for you to uh, see, okay, now I can keep tabs with Ash and his company. And if when they're ready for angel or venture or whatever, I can, you know, say, Hey, I've been following you. You've been giving me updates and I'm an investor. So I have a tie to you. How can I help? And so that's all that stuff is why, you know, was why I feel Grant and some other investors in our deal are, are going to pave the way for other equity title three equity crowdfunding slash title three deals to uh, come through. So can you talk a little bit, if you don't mind, just following along, you know, that line with Grant yeah. and, and guys like that, like Tech Coast Angels and them. Um, how, what was that interaction like when you started talking to them about a crowd fundraise? Because for them, they're obviously, a lot of angels have looked at this and said, wait a minute, I don't really need this Jobs Act thing kind of, you know, fouling up my deal structures and and I kind of like, you know, the more sophisticated guys would offer like him would operate oftentimes, as you know, like somewhat like VCs um, and have, there's been a mixed reaction, right, from, from the angels. So how was that interaction different uh, and, and how did he respond to the idea of you doing a Title III? What were his thoughts on it? Well, so you asked me in part one about, you know, um, the product issue. Well, what do you do when traditional equity crowdfunding deals or crowdfunding deals in general are more physical product or tangible product type deals? Like, how do you go against that? And I actually saw that as an opportunity where if everyone is skeptical, then you now have an opportunity to like just change the conversation. And that's what I did. I, instead of focusing on the negative aspects, because you can easily, you know, you have a legal background, Jess, I know you're in a, you have an investor background among other things. You guys could both trump me on, you know, the note structure and the cap table stuff. I don't even want to get into that. because <laughs> but, sure. but, but I will, but what I did instead is I focused on the positives. So here's what I told Grant, just to be blunt. I was like, Grant, listen, if I do this, when we do this deal, you are seeing in front of your eyes that our ecosystem wants this to happen because all of our investors to date, uh, most of them, I should say, are one of those three me- people that I mentioned, entrepreneurs, mentors, and investors. Number two, this shows to a investor down the road that we've gotten social proof. I mean, it's one thing to say we did a Kickstarter campaign and we got backers, but to say, hey, we got backers who are also equity owners who are willing to do a high-risk investment. It's an equity investment. Regardless of the size, it's a high-risk investment. I was, we were able to complete that round. Number three, we're actually, we're actually saving some risk from you because with this money, we're going to create version one of youngry.com. So instead of me going to a seed investor or angel, Techos Angels at the seed level saying, hey, give me money to make youngry.com go live, it's now, hey, I already got money to make youngry.com go live. Now, after learning some things and seeing some metrics, here's how we can make the, the engine faster instead of making the engine from scratch. So those kinds of things, I think, are why Grant and some other people have invested in our campaign. And I think like anything, you have to start with some smaller people, smaller in terms of amount of people, and then hopefully they'll t- talk to people, inspire other people and things like that. 
Well, that's helpful. And and you talk about changing the conversation, right? Um, and you mentioned that. And and of course, it, you know, when everyone else is running out of the fire, any good entrepreneur, you know, really who's doing anything significant wants to run in in some fashion, right? Um, and and certainly that's that's where opportunity is, right? And no offense to my <laughs> my my fellow lawyers, but if your lawyer is telling you absolutely not, and it's not just because it's going to land you in jail. That doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't do it. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, one more thing I'd like to say, and this goes back to an earlier part one interview. You had asked me, why do we like Republic? And Ken has, Ken, again, the one, the, the CEO, co-founder, uh, Ken was a lawyer. And I think why he, when he built Republic, he had some legal stuff in mind. So I'm just going to say one thing, and I, I just ask that you re research it on your own because I don't want to solicit investment advice, but Republic.co has offered information on a new type of a note that they kind of conjured up and that they're now offering other people to use now called a crowd safe, which is a new take on the safe note. And I think that type of thinking came because of Ken's legal background and working with the hundreds, if not thousands of deals through AngelList. So that's one thing I wanted to point out on the lawyer side, which I think you both would find interesting. It's, it's, it's just a crowd safe note if you go to Republic site. That's really interesting, actually, and I will check that out because even the safe itself is somewhat of a yep uh, a newer sort of it's more it's sort of, sort of a newer sort of concept. But um, can you talk to us a little bit about that, just for the people who aren't really uh, you know as versed in that? And it's better actually to hear it from you because you know again this is about you know this is about stuff people can use. Yeah. So the traditional concern with um, safe notes and equity crowdfunding, if you're a seasoned investor down the road when you're being pitched at is too many people on the cap table or it dilutes the experience or it's all this accounting paper, all this stuff. So just reading off of uh, just reading off the crowd safe site, it just says it's a legal product that enables startups to raise money via investment crowdfunding without cap table concerns. And on the site, it's republic.co slash crowdsafe. They give a background on all the, some of the suggested problems that are going on with traditional Title III crowdfunding financing or stereotypes. And then they gave a new type of a note that just allows, you know, it's more investor friendly and it's a homage to um, the traditional safe note, but they made it in a, a different way so that when we go for more funding down the road, um, it's more friendlier to those types of eyes. At least that's the intent behind it. And they actually listed out the documents that you can use too, if you want to use it for your own Title III or other types of related investment deals. And uh, that was actually something that they told me And at first. And at first, it wasn't like the big deal because I was like, great, I just want to get this deal done. But they're like, you don't understand. This is going to be great. And you know, from what I've heard, it's been getting good feedback. So um, it's really cool. That's awesome. And those are the kind of people you want to work with, right? People who are going to try to you know, get something done as opposed to just try and you know, if it doesn't fit in any of these sort of holes that we already have, they just regard it as a square peg and say, hey, sorry, it's not possible. Yep. Um, so that's really cool. I mean, um, you know, given that you're a media company and you have a really robust uh, following that you're bringing to this um, already, and, you know, how do you sort of think about um, the rules? You mentioned those rules before in terms of, uh, you know, promoting this and 
sort of staying on sides. Can you talk a little bit about that and things? Because I, I would imagine that, you know, as, as, you know, a savvy marketer and with a big audience, uh, you know, there are a lot of things you could do um, and maybe even wanted to do, um, but, you know, and, and ways in which, the, you know, Title III is attractive and less attractive. Can you talk a little bit about that in terms of, um, you know, men, you know, not mentioning terms of the deal and things like that, letting the portal do certain, you know, things that, things that had to be done on the portal, pushing them to that. Um, but can you talk a little bit about the experience of dealing with those things and how you, how it's impacted the way you approach the race? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, we haven't really had much problems in promoting our deal because we've kept it really simple. So one of the reasons why the movement model and how you're joining the movement and how this movement can help entrepreneurs and the future of entrepreneurship, the young and hungry, i.e. hungry, that message has been really our pitch. And in terms of, you know, what we say, I'm very clear. We did an equity crowdfunding round so that our core ecosystem, entrepreneurs, mentors, investors can be with us from day one. And we decided to launch on republic.co, which is, you know, backed and founded by AngelList alumni. So that is kind of the pitch high level. And when people ask me specifics, well, what are your deal terms? Like you might ask me, okay, what is your valuation? I just say, um, I go to our deal page. All the terms are listed there. And I don't say anything scary like, oh, well, due to the SEC laws and this and that. I don't need to. Because it's just a lot easier. Why would I say things which is not my forte? I mean, it's, it's on the deal page. I'm not going to regurgitate what's already written very clearly. I'll just be like, go here. I'm here to talk about what we want to do with the money, why we decide to do this, and you know why we're excited to make Youngry grow. And the other thing that we did, and I don't know if this is because we're a media company or just because we thought differently, is we really got hooked on these launch events. So as of this interview, I've done one in LA, which was like right before we launched. And we didn't even announce on Republic. We just said Youngry's launching, stay tuned. And it was like a good launch party in LA. We had like two to 300 people. Uh, we did something in Chicago where we presented our what Youngry's about. Uh, we did something in SF. We did something in Irvine. I'm working on a couple in September um, from Arizona, Vegas, another one in uh, uh, potentially New York and Chicago again. And this is a way for people just to meet myself and my team and just learn why we want to do Youngry. So there's a personal connection there. Um, but that's what's helped us, I guess. Um, the other thing too and this is just 101 from traditional crowdfunding type of campaigns is you got to get backers who have some social proof element. So you've asked me a couple of questions about the Tech Coast Angel guy. So automatically, there's an assumption, I guess, that you might question if Young Reads a survive or not, but you won't question of if credible investors will like this or not, because I got a pretty credible investor. I got Grant Van Cleve, and I have some others too, which I can talk about as well. So when you, I learned early on that social proof is something needed. So we've had a few social proof type of investors that we've amplified, which has helped spur that, oh, well, this younger thing must be, must be going then. Yeah, that's really important. Social proof is critical, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in these kinds of things, uh, particularly when there's all kinds of, you know, people are just nervous about it because it's new, right? Anytime there's something new. Um, but, you know, you said something in there that I think, is the right attitude and that's something that is uh, i want to highlight for any entrepreneurs listening and I, i'd love to hear your thoughts on it how important it is to stick to your knitting 
hey, look, sell what you're great at. Most people don't start a business because unless the business is in the securities business, but because they know all the securities laws or because, right? I mean, don't handling it in some sense, what I hear you saying is, hey, look, there's a bright line rule here. It's a pretty clear line and it's should be relatively easy to stick with. But when people get nervous or they're talking about, they feel like, gee, I'm doing this raise and there are all these rules. And uh, sometimes people start talking as if they do know more um, and they do want to give more detail. Has that, and you're saying, hey, that's not my thing. I've told you who we are. I told you what we're doing. If you're interested, we'd love to have you go to the site here. I, that's what I kind of, I can't really go into that here. It's, that's where you go to get it. Um, do you see, because you deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, that that can be a tricky thing to be mindful of? And I just put it out there as a caution to people to really get to understand that line so you don't go across it. Um, but if you approach it you know, the way that Ash just did, um, it's a, it becomes a strength. I mean, don't you feel like that? Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, thank you for saying that. I think it's important to focus on what you know and the areas that you don't know, you find partners. So if you go deep into e-commerce, like our metrics on, you know, what is our, our you know, average revenue per user and stuff. Yeah, I worked on the financials with my team, but my co-founder who's built a movement on pushing e-commerce fitness products is the expert. And I'll defer to that. If you want to know about, well, hey, Ash, I looked at republic.co slash Youngery and I was looking at that, you know, that there's information on the site about a crowd safe note. What is that? I'd be like, hey, check out our link. Here's a link. By the way, if you're at an event and Republic's there, talk to them because they created that. We're, we're just blessed to be part of it. Boom, go from there. And so, yeah, I think the crowdfunding, uh, one of the reasons why our campaign has been able to launch is because we made it a team sport. So, um, you know, we had different people working on different things. And so that was, yeah, that's, you have to definitely apply that entrepreneur mindset on um, when launching a crowdfunding campaign. I would agree. You know, one of the things that I'm thinking about too, it's kind of a shift of gears here, but it's something, you know, as I look at the press that that's about you guys and, and even some of the things of the ways that you want to profile people on Youngery, um, I'm interested in this talk, talking about being a minority building a business in America. And I think a lot of us have heard these statistics that, um, you know, there's actually, they're four times more likely to become a millionaire. And these, these, like the level of ambition in some of these minority communities um, is something that maybe doesn't get the airtime it should really for like what outsized results so many of them get. Is that something that you, you feel similar about or do you see it different? Um, you know, I'm not going to bust off some stats and re-verify what you said because there's so many different stats. Mm -hmm. Here's what I have to say. I do feel that um, there's many great entrepreneur companies and individuals and companies out there in our country. And I feel that um, I don't see enough. Uh, I don't see a lot of these companies. And so what I wanted to do with Youngry is I wanted to create a way where one of our features is where they can upload their kind of profiles or they can share their company and their local crowds can help amplify them. And then that the ones that are doing really well can get, you know, some editorial or some additional promotion from us. Um, so will Youngry have an editorial voice? Absolutely. We're going to be having, we're going to be writing and creating and producing content. We also want to have that, that, that avenue where we get great content feed it to us or great stories from the communities. It just happens to be that many of these communities have minorities, women, 
uh, groups that you might not normally hear about getting promoted. A great example is uh, Chicago. So I mentioned I was in Chicago and I was surprised. I didn't know how fast, how many people would resonate. I spoke at an event that had about 400 people. It was with a group called Technori. It's, they're, they're, they're kind of like a producer of entrepreneur events and media in the Midwest. They're great guys, Scott Kidden especially. And uh, the crowd probably had 100 entrepreneurs. And 50% of them came up to me after saying, I want to be on Port of Youngry. I want to be on Bar of Youngry. <laughs> That's I great. Get and, it, and it's like I, they were drinking the Kool-Aid that I shared and what I'm saying right now. And a lot of those people represented the different types of demographics. And I've seen this across the country and I've seen this in like locally. And so um, we're not going to claim that we're going to solve any gender gap or minority, every minority be promoted, but we're going to create it to our best ability, create an equal playing field so that if your venture is hot and it's doing great things, let's get you promoted. Oh, by the way, they happen to be women-based or happen to be minority or whatever. That's secondary. Yeah, that's a great attitude. Well, listen, I know, I know we're about to the end of part two here, but um, kind of in closing, what would you say if you had to do it over again, or if you're advising an entrepreneur who's preparing for their own title three that, you know, they need to get a form C put together, things like this, what, what's the checklist for you? What's the thing that any entrepreneur who's listening, what would you emphasize that they need to do so that they truly are prepared to do something like this versus uh, finding, you know, trying to get started, end up behind the eight ball, stuff like that? Yeah. So there's two parts. I'm going to talk about pre-launch and then launch. Mm -hmm. So pre-launch, you got to have a team to help you with the documentation. Again, I'm not a lawyer, so I really don't want to talk about the legal paperwork. Mm -hmm. We'll say from someone who had to do the legal paperwork, you definitely need to make it a team effort. Creating the Form C, filling out the Form C, making sure you have the proper financial. Offering circular, all that. Yep. All that stuff is not something I would not have been able to done alone if I was a solo founder. I was blessed to have great team members. My co-founder was definitely able to help out. Um, you know, Republic provided some guidance, of course, because they wanted to see our campaign launch. Um, you know, guidance that they were able to legally, of course. Um, and so it's definitely a team game for the pre-launch. Make sure you have a bunch of people. And no matter how crazy the details are, you're going to need it because there was a lot of details. Um, when you launch, um, so <laughs> this is a great question. So I did something that I didn't get to talk about yet. Um, we launched six, we, we did a 70-day campaign. And for the first five, 10 days, we didn't do much. We actually didn't really promote it. I sent a couple tweets. Um, I waited. And the reason why I waited is because I just wanted to see how people would gauge the idea of equity, crowdfunding, Title III, um, I did one, I was a go, I, within that five to 10 day period, we did one event and I just want to get feedback, what people would think. And I got a lot of feedback and we actually re-edited the way we described our campaign. We didn't change anything legally. We just changed the description from a marketing standpoint. So I needed to take a step back and just see how the, you know, organically how it would be. And if I didn't do that, and if I just rushed in it on day 70 and said, Hey, invest, invest. I don't think we'd, I'd have what I have right now. And the other thing I did during that, you know, five, 10 day lapse is I decided to get some press. So I got a TV interview. I got an article in Crowdfunding Insider or Republic got us that one, I should say. And then um, we got, you know, some tweets from some people saying, hey, this is a great company. We now use that as we, that helped us get some initial social proof. 
So then once all that happened, then we kind of hit it hard with these events, with social, with promoting these, you know, so, you know, cool endorsers like the TCA guy and others, you know, cool celebrity advisors like Ryan Blair's and others, like that's when we did it. So I would advise people to do that. So I would advise you to do a 30-day campaign. I would advise you to do a 60-day and up so that you have a little time to breathe and not rush. Like right now, I'm, I'm a little, like a little 51, 52 days in it left. And yeah, I'm, I'm hustling and I'm doing what I can to make this goal happen with our team. But I'm not like, I'm not like stressed because I still have some time. It's not like I have 10 days left. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think those of us interested in entrepreneurship, you know, many of us <laughs> are somewhat like me with a little bit of the ready fire aim stuff, you know, like if it's worth doing, it's worth doing yesterday. Um, but a little tactical patience can go a long way when you've got something to double down on, huh? Yeah, that's the key. And time and time and again, um, when you look at great entrepreneurs, great campaigns, um, then you have to do that. The last thing, and I've learned this again, I've emphasized this already. I learned this from my co-founder. I've actually learned this too from my other, one of my advisors, uh, Ryan Blair, who uh, I'm going to talk about him for a second because just because I've talked to my partner too much. So Ryan Blair is the CEO of a company called Bysalis. They make health food products um fitness products and stuff like that and one of the things that they're very known for is called the visalis 90 is it called the v90 day challenge and it's a simple challenge that elevates you and they send your they send people who are in the campaign also free products so you can all be in together but the but the glue behind it is that they're all part of a movement to be healthier living people we are doing the same thing with Youngery. It's a movement. Like when we talk about it, we want the community to be involved. We want them to be, you know, when we launch Youngery, it's going to be a lot of crowdsourced content with contributors from outside and ways for companies to promote themselves and the communities to get involved. This is all the elements of a movement. If your crowdfunding campaign doesn't have a movement, I don't find, I don't know how you're going to be a success mm-hmm. unless it's one of those like, you know, must have products that is just has to be gone. But if it's not one of those, you need to have that movement, that common theme to make it uh, sustainable and to make it relevant, I guess. That's great advice. Thanks. Well, listen, we appreciate all the time you've given us. Um, for anybody who wants to learn more about what Ash is doing, go to republic.co forward slash youngry. And, uh, and thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, man. Happy to do this. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Bye. That was part two of our interview. If you missed part one, please go back an episode and download the episode before this one for the first half of the interview. As always, please check iCollective.co for show notes of things referenced during the interview and to learn more about our guest. And if you're interested, we'd love to have you learn more about the charity Child Rescue. Go to the menu page on iCollective and click on Child Rescue. Thanks so much. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.